Georgia continues to start slowly, but it hasn't hurt them yet. However, it seems to have affected the pollsters, who for the first time are starting to look at other teams as number one. Should they? Could they? We'll talk about that on Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college gift! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right, buddy. I was bitching before the red light went on about the, the glory of the ragweed in, in Central Texas in the fall and, and how it's just doing a number on me when I come back to the uh, to the home studio. But you know what? I, you know, like, like we mentioned on Friday or Wednesday, whatever day of the week it was, the shoot job's going to have me all over the freaking place for the next 13 weeks, so it's not like it's going to matter anyway. So whatever. I had always heard that when you make a major adjustment in your life, like women get pregnant or you move, your allergies like reset. So, so maybe this travel will do it for you. And if you stay long enough in, say, like Reno, you'll get allergic to the desert. And when you get back to Texas, you'll be fine. Yeah, highly unlikely, but we'll see about that. I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> I don't know what this has to do with college football. I can't think of a transition. So let's just well, get no. Off. Well, well, the well, the desert part of it is, is there's there's some money exchanging hands in the desert. Uh, we didn't do too bad this week. That that is true. Yes, and in fact, we actually uh, made just a touch of money. The mortgage play failed, but other than that, we were we were good. We'll talk about the mortgage play. I'm a little upset about that one. Oh, you know, we knew it could happen. You know, it, it wasn't like we lost by the hook, but we knew the back door was available. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I'll I'll talk about that too. Because I, I'm more upset about the social media idiots who think it's important. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But but there are there are more pressing issues to discuss at the top of the show here. That you mean uh, and, that a team that might make a ball game? <laughs> I don't know if I want to start with this question or if we want to talk about it. Let's talk about a few games first, and, and then I'm going to turn, because I think that's kind of where you were going with it. Georgia survives their trip to the Plains. Brock Bowers, with the huge second half, was absolutely unguardable, apparently, uh, in the fourth quarter was an absolute stud. I said in the preseason that he was going to go to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I haven't gotten that vibe yet, but when when he's on like he was in the second half in Auburn on Saturday, he's the best player in the nation, I promise you. And Auburn could not guard him. He took the game over and Georgia escapes 27-20. Yeah, I, that might be the first, quote, Heisman moment of the season. He had 121 of his 157 receiving yards in the fourth quarter. 
And this wasn't in garbage time like somebody else did. This was saving his number one team in the nation against what? I mean, this is the second time that Auburn has looked decent against caliber competition. Could Auburn actually be good? They're still a year away from being able to really put some stuff together. But I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I do think Auburn has the makeup of a team that can be an agent of chaos. And when Auburn is the chaos agent, that's the best type of Auburn. They gave Georgia hell. So, and I'm still trying to figure out how because they only threw for 82 yards. I, I don't know how they managed to stay functioning in this game. But they were able to run the ball almost at will well, against that, you just, Georgia. You just named it, yeah. And Georgia just couldn't get they couldn't get off the field enough to get their offense back on the field to to be able to do anything. A little bit of turnover luck. It, it seemed like things were happening going into this game. Auburn had won four consecutive games when the number one team in the country came to Jordan-Hare Stadium. And for a long time Saturday afternoon, it looked like there was a really good chance that they were being number five. Georgia, back-to-back champions, heart of a champion, backs against the wall, all that stuff. Everything I love about competitive sports happened. And the champ pulled themselves together... And defended the crown with everything they had. And, man, it was close. Auburn gave them hell, but but Georgia pulled it out. I don't know if, and you mentioned it, you know, the, 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 the polls are starting to think, you know, about Georgia. I don't have a problem. I, I, I've had this longstanding rule. I've mentioned it on this show before. If you are the defending champ, I have no problem with you staying at number one for as long as you are undefeated. I'm fine with that rule. It all works out in the wash anyway. So I've got no problem with Georgia being number one, but I'm not sure they're the best team in the country. I, hmm, I'm not sure either, but I'm also not sure who I would put at number one at this moment. Therefore, I, I guess I'm along with you. Until Georgia gets beat, Georgia's still number one. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Yep. And right now, Georgia is pulling off. This is Ric Flair going 18 minutes of a 20-minute time limit with Brad Armstrong before finally finishing him off without having to cheat. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you know what? And that's good. It makes for good TV. Made for good TV on, on Saturday night on the Superstation. When, when, when the champ said, you know what, you know, give me George South. We're going to go out there. We're going to go 12 minutes just for the hell of it. At what point did you turn on the Georgia-Auburn game for the first time? I had it on early. I didn't have, I didn't have, it didn't have my full attention early, but I had it on from kickoff. Oh, oh, wow. I did, I, yeah. I, I didn't turn it on until early in the third quarter. I was watching Kansas, Texas, and I was flipping to Boise, Memphis. All of a sudden, I saw the little scroll go by that it was 10-10 at halftime. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I, I think I'd better turn this game on and see what's happening. And it kept my attention for most of the second half. It was an interesting game. Like I said, it was just all the little things that seem to happen when an upset happens started to started to percolate. A couple of bounces, Auburn got an interception, they got the fumble coming out of the you coming out of the second half kick. 
it was all right there, and there's they just didn't have enough guns on offense to pull it off. I think Auburn will have that next year, but they weren't quite ready for the big moment. And I think for, I think going forward for the future of where Auburn's going under Hugh Freeze, great performance for them. This is something they can really really build on. And for Georgia, it's just one of those. Hey, we're the champs. We got the strap. We're going to the next town next week, and and some and somebody else is going to give us their best sixty minutes of the season. Next week, it's going to be Kentucky, and Georgia's going to have their hands full with Kentucky too. Oh yeah, but it was it was a gussy performance by Georgia. Their best player ultimately became uh, the guy that made the biggest plays. Carson Beck grew up. I think Beck was really good in the second half, being able to to make throws. I think that's a big spot for for the Georgia QB. To really take that next, we talked about Kyle McCord last week being on the road at South Bend and Notre Dame making plays. I think it's a similar growth moment here for Beck under the pressure cooker and making the plays he had to make to win the game. Of course, it helps when you have uh, all universe tied in like that, but really good stuff for Georgia. Looking forward to see their next challenge because I think, uh, again, I think the title defenses coming along are going to get more and more tough. And it's, it's going to test their mettle. We're going to see how it is. They haven't lost a game since December of 2021. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, the Kentucky game is going to be tough. This is probably an eye-opener for them that will allow Georgia to beat Kentucky, especially since Kentucky's having to travel to Georgia. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that Kentucky can't catch enough breaks to be able to upset Georgia. They just need to be able to catch breaks. They cannot play that game up and up. Georgia has to figure out the slow start thing. That has been their MO all season long. They start. They cannot put together a good first half, and then they flip the switch in the second half. At some point, At some point, flipping the switch in the second half will not be enough. They have to figure out their first half issues, or someone's going to get them. And someone could get them as early next week. I'm not going out. I'm not going out and saying Kentucky's going to beat them. But Kentucky is good enough where if Georgia plays with its food again, Kentucky could beat them. So we'll see what happens. Is Georgia the best team in the country? I I'm not sold on that. Are they the number one team in the country? Absolutely. I'm looking at a lot of computer polls and of course the human polls. There's a lot of contradiction. So I, mean, I don't think there's a number one team in the nation right now. Uh, I also don't know who is. I love it. It's which, great. Which is fun. Yes. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I at least I thought that Georgia was going to sleepwalk through this. And I'm glad to see they're not. I, I completely agree. And it's nice to see that for the first time all year, the, uh, the polls, at, at least the AP poll, has some definite division in it. Georgia has 35 first-place votes. Michigan has 12. Texas has 10. Florida State, in fifth place, has four first-place votes. Ohio State, who's number four, grabs that remaining vote. In the coaches' poll, it's still pretty much unanimous. Georgia has 59 of the uh, 64 votes. I'm fine with both of them. I, I I love it. I love that we've got a poll that, that that's that, that's saying you know who's the best team, and I love we've got a poll that says hey Georgia's the champ. We're going to keep crowning them. I love it. This is fantastic. I mean, and we said you, like you you touched on it. Beginning of the season, it's like Georgia's going to sleepwalk to the playoff, and it's not even going to be interesting. Who who are playing for the other three spots? No, Georgia's being tested now. South Carolina's tested them. Auburn's tested them. 
We've got a wide open freaking field. If, I mean, right now, you ain't got a clue. You can't narrow it down to three teams. And that's how it's usually been for the past 10 seasons. Is or It's going to be one, two, or three. It's going to be one of these three teams. It's just going to be a matter of who gets the one seed and doesn't have to play the other two in the semis. That's how it's been. And it's not that cut and dry this season. And it's absolutely fantastic. And thanks. We're pissing it all away for this 12-team gimmick next year. We've nuked the Pac-12 in the process. And we're killing college football. Great. Look around. Take a look at how great this season is right now. You're killing it. You're blowing it all up. And for what? You're a bunch of sellout marks. I can't stand it. Next game. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I, I want to throw one more point here because, like I said, I, I've been looking at some of the computer rankings, some of the handicapper rankings. For instance, Jeff Sagarin, who probably put together the very first computer ranking for college Gold football. Gold standard, yeah. They actually have Georgia ranked number seven. Oh, wow. But the, fu the funny thing is all seven teams between Georgia and Alabama number one if you put the lower team at home, the lower team is favored. That's how close the Sagarin ratings are. He's got Alabama at one. Alabama's at one. They have a ranking of 92.95. Georgia at number seven is 91.18. Sagarin's home field rating is 2.37. That makes Georgia about, oh, a half point favorite at home. Do we know what what like the number one team has been the past few seasons to compare that ninety two? Oh, to compare the ninety two, I don't know, but I do know that in past years Alabama has been like a huge favorite over any of the other teams. Uh, Sagarin just left USA Today and now is doing his own stuff again. So uh, if you're looking for Sagarin on USA Today, he's not there. Go to Sagarin.com and you can find all his predictions. I feel like the, I, 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 I don't think my hypothesis is wrong here. The top this year is not as good as the top has been for a long time, which is great for the game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. By the way, a, another handicapper that I follow on Action Network has Georgia at number one, a point and a half better than Texas at number two. But again, his home field is somewhere between three and four points, depending on whose home field we're talking about. That, again, puts eight teams within the home team favored status over the number one team, Georgia. So, yeah, wide open. I love it. Now, just because it's wide open and the top's not as good as it's been the last few seasons doesn't mean you, we, we don't see performances like what Michigan did in Lincoln on Saturday, they dropped the hammer on the Huskers. At one point in the fourth quarter, I believe it was the fourth quarter, Michigan had gained every single yard available to them. Like, they had 325 yards total offense, and that was, that accounted for the, the, the amount needed on every single drive. They were perfect on their drive oh, to start the game. <laughs> And yeah, it was uh, it it was bad. Michigan just they jumped Nebraska right out of the gate and single handedly busted the busted the total. Appreciate yeah. that, yeah. Uh, McCarthy. Michigan looked really really good. Again, it's Nebraska. What are we really supposed to think about Nebraska here? I I I don't think they're ready for the big time again yet. But you go on the road and, and you treat a team like that. 
Again, you're not playing around, no playing with the food, anything like that, taking care of business, and that's all you can ask from your top teams, especially when you go on the road in conference. Impressive win by the Wolverines. They were fantastic. Yeah, and Michigan goes to Minnesota this next week. There's going to be nothing to see there, uh, except it might be a preview of the Big Ten title game, which is just awful. We'll see. Minnesota looked like trash this week, too. Everybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Everybody in the West looks like trash. <laughs> Big game coming up this coming week is the Red River Shootout. Both Texas and Oklahoma waylaid opponents. Texas took a little bit more time, but had a better opponent to have to do it to. But Texas beats Kansas 40-14. to Oklahoma beats Iowa State 50-40. to Red River Shootout, 9 a.m. Pacific at the State Fair. Did you see the uh, Did you see the Kansas play where they ran the option and the quarterback got hit, fumbled right to the to, to the tailback? No, I didn't see that. There were a lot of crazy plays this week. I did not see that one. A lot of crazy plays. I mentioned you know things weird things happening when upsets happen. Plays like that make you think, oh, the underdog's got a shot here because the game I, at that point I, I think it cut it back to one possession late in the late in the first half. Yeah, the, the quarterback, Jalen Daniels, late scratch. Uh, that was a, a big to-do. The backup came in looked pretty good. Well, it's Jason Bean. I mean, he's barely a backup. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he ran the option left side, got about, I don't know, 20 yards down the field, took a big hit from the safety. The ball comes flying out. I don't know if it was in the air or if it was one hop, but it went right to the tailback. Nice. Who had been, who had been the, uh, the, the option back on it, and he took it into the house for the touchdown. Uh, it was at that point, it was like, oh, maybe Kansas can keep this interesting. Texas did not play around in the second half, looked really good. Oklahoma, as you mentioned, they were fantastic against Iowa State. Figured that would be as much, 50-20, to 20, taking care of business. Neither team got caught looking ahead to the, uh, to the state fair. Big time game in Dallas next Saturday. Game day will be at the fair. This is, a, it's been a long time since we've had two undefeated teams playing in the Red River Shootout. Stakes are high. Last time under the Big 12 banner. Big time game in Dallas next week. Can't wait. Texas is a four-point favorite with the early lines coming up. Eh, okay, I, I can see that. That's about right. Fair line. Fair line. Oklahoma looks good. Texas deserves to be the favorite. Uh, I, I got to ask, although I probably know the question, have you been to the fair? And what weird concoction have they created to put down people's stomachs this year? It's interesting. One, no, I haven't been to the fair. I'm not going to the fair. I try to avoid the fair with all of my uh, all of my willpower. I have not seen the articles this year of what the new uh, food gimmick is at the State Fair of Texas this year. I will get with the monkeys in the truck, and we will see if we can come up with something before Wednesday's show, which may be a gimmick show anyway. Yeah, that's always entertaining because I California is usually on the cutting edge of everything. But as far as crazy ass food that can give you a heart attack in 15 seconds, the State Fair of Texas is always about what would that be? Uh, nine months ahead of the California State Fair. So whatever happens in Texas this year will arrive in California in August of 2024. Gary Hart knows Texas, and when he talks about Texas, he's talking about the State Fair. I'll just tell you that few other highlights that didn't involve top teams yet. 
anyway. Mississippi, 55. LSU, 49. By God, what a pinball machine that was. How concerned were you when Mississippi scored the, quote, winning touchdown that they'd left too much time on the clock? I told I told you Saturday night that I was screaming at the TV, get down, get down, get down, and he ran it right in. And look at the clock, it was, it was 39 seconds left. That's a long way to get down the field. LSE had timeouts. I, I, was... I got a pit in my stomach, man. I thought Mississippi had scored too soon. Because because that the whole time I'm thinking, okay, LSU has timeouts left. I, I don't think I, Ole Miss had used their timeouts, but LSU had timeouts left. My thought was get down at the one. A field goal wins you the game. Force LSU to burn a timeout. That leaves I think that would have left them with one, and then maybe you take a knee or or do a half-ass QB sneak, force them to take the other one. And then, then you still got two more shots at the end zone before you can kick it on fourth down. And they did. They I'm ran right sure, in. I'm not even sure I'd want to take that last snap before I kick the winning field goal. I, I want oh, no also, time yeah, left absolutely. on the clock, man. Absolutely no time left on the clock. The only problem was Trey Harris had just made such an ankle-breaking move that, come on, he's human. After you yeah, do oh. that to that defensive back, you're not going to lay down. You're going in. You're yeah. not. Jackson Dart was throwing it all over the yard. Judkins. I had the game. I, I was. I was. I had football on all day Saturday, but I wasn't paying attention to a lot of it. But anyway, I heard Judkins break ankles like a half dozen times. But he, it was like he was never breaking a big play. It was always, he was always having to break somebody's ankles three yards in the backfield because LSU was yes. in the backfield all game long. <laughs> but he, Judkins looked great. He was breaking some plays. Dart was throwing it. Daniels was throwing it. They had a good look at the end zone that final play. The receiver had his hands on the ball. From about twenty-five yards, out. LSU gets caught with it. Was it uh, was it delay a game? False start. It was false it was start penalty, right? Yeah, yeah. Backed him up five more yards. Uh, don't know if that would have made a difference. Maybe the extra space helped him. I don't know. Uh, the receiver had his hands on the on the ball on the crossing route in the end zone. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Four, maybe six inches lower. That would have been a touchdown. Oh yeah, but oh, I, I don't even know if it's four inches. Maybe two inches. I don't know. Crowd storms the field. Did you see the video of the dipshit Ole Miss student who came down, talk, you know, talking shit, uh, running into the LSU uh, player who then shoved him down on the ground? I've read about it. I didn't realize that he was actually talking shit to the LSU player. If that's oh, the he was case, talking he shit. deserved it. Yeah, he was talking shit, and he ran up on the LSU. I don't think he meant to run into the LSU player. I think he was just too busy mugging for his cell phone selfie video. That oh, then he definitely he, deserved it. But yeah, he ran in, He ran into the player. Yeah, you do that? No, it's open season. You catch you catch a closed fist. You whatever it is. No, you no you you gonna hit the deck and it's fine. Open season, no problem with the LSU player knocking that kid out. I have no problem with that whatsoever. If that's the case. What 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 happened to the kid? I mean, did did he did the LSU player just shove him, or did he actually punch him? Because he deserved it. He shoved punch. him. It was it was it was a it was a stiff shove. I I'd, I'd say a stiff shove and maybe a leg drop. At that point, maybe that might have been too far. Maybe. Maybe no, it's open season. 
I'm, I am all for storming the field. I love the college kids have fun. You have to be responsible about it. You can't be getting up in folks' face. And anything that happens, you are liable for it. Nobody else yeah, is liable for it. Exactly. You and your behaviors are liable for it. Don't act a fool and everything will be all right. Well, no, no. Act a fool, but be responsible about it. If you're going to drink booze out of a Drano jug, don't run into a 300-pound lineman while you're doing it. Exactly. So this coming week, both those teams have big games. LSU is at Missouri. Missouri is starting to look maybe like a, a agent of chaos. Agent of chaos, absolutely. And Arkansas is at Ole Miss. Ole Miss probably has the easier game, LSU having to travel to Missouri. The SEC is looking a little bit entertaining right now because they're – is probably half a dozen teams that can pull an upset at any given time. You know who's undefeated in conference in the SEC West? Alabama. God damn it. I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm just throwing that out there. They, they got won't a big be game after this, weekend. this week. They will not be after this week. I, Laying it down. Major right implications. Now. Major implications. In College Station this coming weekend, sneaky. I, I'm not even gonna say sneaky. We we we, fla- we we fawned all over last week's card. This upcoming Saturday is loaded with good stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's funny because once again, it's it's loaded, but then it just it dies on the back end, and maybe it's just because the late night getbacks are so bad. Might be couple other games we want to talk about before we go on break. Notre Dame beats Duke 21-14. Fun game to watch until probably the final play. Riley Leonard, uh, it's now coming out, has a high ankle sprain. The report is he may be back by the end of this month. Well, considering today is October 1st, that's still four weeks out. High ankle sprain ain't nothing easy to come back from. No, it's two. That, that's essentially 10 years ago. That was a fractured lower leg. Yeah. And it's just because yeah. of, of modern medicine that is now considered just a high ankle sprain. He's got six weeks to be back before the Carolina game, which up until about the, the, the 59 30 mark of that game last night looked to be the, the college basketball Armageddon turns into college football Armageddon. All of a sudden, Duke has no Riley Leonard. They've got to go to Florida State. Duke's season was looking so, so bright. It may have just gone away with a snap of a finger. Tough, tough break for the Dukies. The fourth down scramble from Sam Hartman was absolutely insane. He rolled right, looking, looking, held up, looked again, and then just said, you know what? I might have to do this on my own and took off on a mad dash, needed 16 and got 17. And then two plays later, this teammate runs in, breaks the tackle and busts it for the, for the 30 yard touchdown. The moment was there for the Dukies and the moment was gone. Gritty, gritty win for Notre Dame. I'm not sure ultimately what it's really going to mean. Cause I, I think I, I see Duke struggling without Riley Leonard uh, going forward for the next month and change. I, I just don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, you look at their schedule. They're, they have a bye this week. Not that it's going to you know matter that much. But then they host NC State. They're at Florida State. They're at Louisville. They would be fortunate to win one of those games with Riley Leonard. Without, that's tough. 
I'm looking here. It looks like their backup is going to be Henry Belvin the fourth. He's a redshirt freshman. Beyond that, they've got this kid Grayson Loftus, who's a freshman, and Jack Tomlin, who's a freshman. So there's not a lot of depth behind Leonard at quarterback. Henry Belvin the fourth. Yes, Henry Belvin the fourth. I is that not a Duke kid? T- please tell me you saw the field goal attempt on college game day. The Pat McAfee field goal challenge. No, I did not. It's, it's the thing they've been doing all year. I think it's the first year they've done it. They bring out a student, and you get a 33-yard field goal. Is for this the like at the Whatever. end of game day or something? It, 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 it's not the end, but it, it's the thing they do in the middle of the show. A lot like the half-court shot they do on the college basketball version of this. Okay. So anyway, they bring out the Duke student. And just imagine the nerdiest, dorkiest. Looks like somebody from Hogwarts. Have you ever kicked, have you, yes. Have you ever kicked a football before? No, I haven't. <laughs> I don't know all the rules. I I, I used to know he wanted he got two. They gave him two shots at it. I, I don't know. I, I think one one was like for him to get the money. The second one was for uh, McAfee donate a million bucks to charity or so, or a hundred thousand dollars to charity or something like this. So anyway, kicks the first duck hooks it right into. I mean, I think it was you know the the, the, the fans are lined up on each side of the little uh, the lane here where the field goal is at. Duck hook, maybe 12 people down. I mean, it was not nowhere close. <laughs> nowhere close. Even better. Even better. So he lines the second one up. Somebody's taking about about the same spot. Somebody's taking a cell phone video of it. Hits he cooked it into the cell phone video. Nice. Couldn't have booked it. Couldn't have booked. Absolute nerds at Duke. You've never been to a football game before in your life, and the first one you go to, you got kicked in the balls by Notre Dame in the final minute. Sucks to be you. And by the way, you know who else it sucks to be when Notre Dame got the two-point conversion at the end of the game? Those All holding the Duke, Duke betters. plus five and the hook tickets. Absol- oh, man. Absolute bullshit cover. By Notre Dame, Duke had Duke had that inside for what fifty minutes of the game. I know Notre Dame went up ten nothing early, but but Duke got right back into it. It never felt that that game never felt like Notre Dame was going to cover for the entire second half until they literally did at the end. That that was another one where where Estemi kept shaking off tacklers. I'm like, get down, fall down, get down. <laughs> <laughs> All he needs the field goal. All right, let's do this and get it out of the way. USC 48, Colorado 41. Oh, my God, USC's defense is awful, right? Wrong. USC's defense has given up 50 points in the fourth quarter, but in that fourth quarter, they have never, ever been less than 14 points ahead when those points were scored. Those points don't mean Jack and USC's defense knows it. If they're ever in a close game, that defense is going to show up. I unfortunately think that too, because because I, I again I pick USC to win the Pac-12 would be the dumbest outcome uh, of of all of this. So of course that's probably what's going to happen. I do think the USC defense has some issues, but they are being overblown here by Colorado scoring three touchdowns in garbage time. USC was never in any danger of losing that game. I would have really liked to see them run it up a little bit more when they had the opportunity in the third quarter and just took their foot off the gas. Well, Jesus, um, Williams had six touchdowns. What more do you want? I No, I want blood, damn it. 
I want run it. I want I I want them to do to Colorado what what the Dolphins did to the Broncos last weekend. Put ten touchdowns up on them. We let the Buffalo save face so everybody can uh can can keep kissing their ass and all that stuff. So Colorado now has Arizona State and Stanford up next. That should give them wins four and five. And they've got Arizona later in the year. Although Arizona looked pretty decent against Washington late night. They lost, but they looked decent, especially with a backup quarterback. They hung around. Yeah. They hung around. I, I, I learned something about Arizona, a little tidbit. They have about eight guys who I think are now sophomores at Arizona. They all came over from the same high school in Southern California with the express interest in playing together and rebuilding the University of Arizona. Oh, that's pretty good. So it'll be interesting. Couple years, maybe even next year, Arizona might be decent because they've got that chemistry already from all those years of playing together in high school. Yeah. Well, that's a that, that's a good angle. I like that. Is Shadur Sanders still going to win the Heisman Trophy? He's not going to survive the season. I still say he's going to suffer some kind of catastrophic injury. Let's say this month. Oh man! Somebody's going to lacerate his liver. Gus Johnson on the Colorado games has been absolutely insufferable. I, I I love Gus Johnson. I cannot listen to him call Colorado games anymore. This is absolutely garbage. Well, you're fortunate because this week the game at Arizona State is on the Pac-12 network. Oh, Pac-12 network gets to uh, gets to pull ratings. <laughs> Let's see if there's a mad dash to to get Pac-12 network <laughs> access across the country now. When there's only two months left in the conference in the conference's football schedule ever. Oh, that That's would be great. hilarious if that happened. That would be like people streaming to Wendy Prater's magical journey to go on a vacation right before that vacation place closed down. I'm not sure that's a great transition, but I'm trying to think what the vacation place might be. But whatever it is, I'm sure Wendy can uh, can hook you up with an awesome getaway to it. Hit her up on, on social media: WP Magic Journeys, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the usual spots. Wendy can hook you up with custom-made itineraries for you and your traveling crew. If you need packing lists, itineraries down to the 15-minute interval of what you need to do and don't need to do where you need to eat, all those kind of things. She can take care of all the stuff for you if you just book your next awesome vacation with her. All major cruise lines, Disney, Universal, all-inclusives, she can set you up with your next awesome vacation getaway. Hit her up. Tell her her that the senior sent you. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. All right. A couple of non-conference highlights. Probably the last weekend of entertaining non-conference games before we get fully into conference scheduling. Memphis, 35. Boise, 32. Sorry, Broncos just could not get it done. The Broncos have to figure out a way to win a big non-conference game because this shit's getting old. They were lined up to go for it on fourth and short late in the third quarter. Avalos called timeout, and they changed their mind and said, you know what, we're going to kick the field goal. Well... It got blocked and sent back 80 yards the other way for a touchdown and completely flipped the game on its head. Boise had a 17-0 lead to start the game, blew that, and then could not recover in time to make a rally late. They got the late touchdown, could not get the, the onside kick. Brutal loss for Boise. They've got to do better than that. Ashton Genty, by the way, caught two touchdown passes, ran for two more, 
and should be invited to New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. That kid's a stud, man. He could do it all. I was saying that last year. All he had to do was get George Helani out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Helani's like, uh, what, sto- 34 years old and has been there for 12 years? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think he gave, I think he gave the boy his, uh, his orientation tour six years ago. <laughs> Storyline to keep an eye. Taylor Green sat down late uh, in favor of the freshman Maddox Madsen, who looked good in, uh, in letting the, uh, the Broncos hang around. There's some stuff going on there, and I have a hunch that Avalos is about to lose the room over this quarterback controversy bit. Something to keep an eye on. It's, it's, it's getting... I'm confident that Boise's going to win games in the Mountain West. I don't think the season is a complete loss, but it's, it's, it's not going the right way. I, I'm not seeing a path right now for Boise to win the Mountain West. Fresno's too much. Air Force looks fantastic right now. They've got a steep climb in the Mountain West, and they've got some stuff to figure out. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I'm still not sold on Fresno as much as you are, but I will find out soon enough. Yeah, we will. The, the thing between Green and Madsen is Green's the athlete. Yep. Uh, he can run. He, he gives you that, that dual option where Madsen's more of the pure drop back. And it seemed to me that the only reason Madsen was in there was because they needed to throw the ball. There was no use having a quarterback who can run when you weren't going to run the quarterback. That's fair. And, 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 there, and there were others that were saying that. But when a quarterback comes in an obvious passing situation and he's able to make plays – in, in the fourth quarter, when, you know, when the game's on the line, you got to look at it and say, you know what, maybe you know, maybe there's something here. I don't think they're ready to pull the trigger yet. It's been in the it's been in the in the scheming in the in the pregame that they were going to give Madsen some reps here uh, going forward. I just don't know if you know. All of a sudden, you're putting you're putting the backup in when the money's on the table, and, and he's coming through. You got to start looking at something here. We'll see. I don't know. Really weird situations start to play out on the blue there. Out at Georgia Tech, they suffer mm. a bad defeat to Bowling Green, 38-27. This game featured the former SEC Freshman of the Year, Connor Bazelak, outdueling former Texas A&M starter, Haynes King. Oh, man. I... What is the state of the Georgia Tech football program when you're when you're doing the job at home to Bowling Green? Bowling uh, Green for crying out loud! Meanwhile, up the road, your rival in Athens is sitting on back-to-back national championships and hasn't lost in 22 months. Uh, I, I don't even know what you're doing. I say all this knowing damn well that when uh, when North Carolina goes to Georgia Tech later this month, Tech's going to give them hell because nothing good happens in Atlanta. But Georgia Tech, my God, you can't lose to Bowling Green. And 38-27, I'm not even sure. that It was like 38-14, to, to 14, wasn't it, at one point? Well, Tech got a couple of yeah, scores late? I mean, it depends. On, yes, it depends on what way you want to look at it. Georgia Tech jumped out to a 14-0 lead, and then Bowling Green scored 38 unanswered points on them. And, and then oh, Tech, oh. yeah, scored a couple of meaningless touchdowns late. By the way, Bowling Green was a 21-and-a-half-point dog, which I believe was the biggest upset of the year, surpassing Colorado's 20-and-a-half-point dog victory over TCU to start the year. 
All right, well, at least we got them out of the way. It would have been better if Colorado State would have pulled that upset, you know, the, a couple of weeks later, but you know how that goes. Things got personal. Finally, Utah State beats Connecticut 34-33. Utah State rallies from a 17-point deficit and then blocked a UConn extra point with 40 seconds left to win the game. Brutal, brutal turn of events there for, for the Huskies. Everything felt like they were in control. Utah State flips it on them and blocks the extra point. Come on. Got to give kid credit. Ike Larson is the one who blocked the kick. He came off the kicker's left edge and just speed rushed. He, I think he blocked it, it with his elbow. I, he was that close. He, he was all over it. It wasn't close. Yeah. The kick, the kick didn't have a shot of, of, of getting over the line. And, of course, we have to talk about Iowa and the points on the poll. They did manage 26 points in a victory over Michigan State, 26-16. But that still only got them one point closer to the 25-point-per-game goal. Why that they're, that they're dragging this out is hilarious. But, my God, just... They can win a, seven games and not score 300 points. I mean, that's entirely plausible. They only scored one offensive touchdown. They, they needed a punt return touchdown to, to bust the game open in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and four field goals. Yeah. Um, Michigan or, State uh, also did... Goals. Math. Yeah, Michigan State also did not score an offensive touchdown. They had a fumble return for a touchdown early in the second half. They put this game on national television. I'm glad that Big Ten TV deal is paying off for you, NBC. My God. Yeah, isn't this the second week that NBC has had Iowa on the main network? Dear God. Oh, man. Um, it was Penn State. Yes, because right? they had it was Penn State the week before. They got shut out. <laughs> By the way, I, Iowa's travails have gotten worse because Cade McNamara probably out for the season with a leg injury. Uh, their backup, Deacon Hill, who looks like he could be the son of former boxer Randall Tex Cobb. He was ablaze in 11 for 27 for 115 yards. Oh, Lord have mercy. Good grief. L- lucky for NBC, they'll have the competitive Michigan-Minnesota game on, <laughs> on, uh, on, on the main network next week. So congratulations. Again, preview of the Big Ten title game right there. <laughs> All right, let's talk about really competitive and fun football. Let's go to the best conference in the South, the Sun Belt. Sun Belt, baby. It was a good weekend in the Sun Belt. It was a fantastic weekend in the Sun Belt. Unfortunately, the best team in the Sun Belt may not be eligible for the conference title. James Madison, 31, South Alabama, 23. Madison, of course, not eligible yet because it's only their second year in Division so One football. It, it, it's stupid, yeah. Uh, they're now 2-0 and in the conference, 5-0 and overall. There's a good chance that they can go unbeaten and not go to a bowl game. When, if that happens, JMU absolutely needs to declare themselves the national champions of Pritt T-shirt. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd buy one. I'd buy one, too. The Dukes just continue to look really good. They jumped on South Alabama in the first half. Made things a little dicey late, but managed to hold on. Uh, that's a good win for James Madison over a good South Alabama team. Yeah, this kid Jordan McLeod has been a fine for them. Yeah. McLeod came in in the second game, I believe it was, and has just ignited this team. 
The Dukes are good. They are a problem. Meanwhile, Troy defeats Georgia State 28-7. Big win for Troy to avoid going 0-2, even though they hadn't lost either game in their division. Yeah, Georgia State been unbeaten going into that game. Was favored. Troy goes on the road to Atlanta and, and gets the win outright. Looked really good doing it. Vidal got a couple of scores again, looking pretty good. So, uh, again, they uh, got it done in the second half. Good for the alma mater. Georgia Southern beat Coastal Carolina 38-28. That drops Coastal down to 0-2 in the East. Grayson McCall was picked off four times. How the mighty have fallen. Grayson McCall, Bennett Coastal for, what, 17 years now? And, and I think he's won the, uh, the the conference player of the year each time. Yeah, thought, thought we'd be getting more out of the chance this year, and, and not quite. Appalachian State survives Louisiana Monroe, 41-40. La Monroe almost pulls another huge upset. If I remember correctly, they, they were at least a 10-point dog in this game. 13 and oh, a half, yeah. there it is. There you go, yep. Michael Hughes with a 54-yard walk-off field goal. Mm, man, on the road, big, big time, big time kick to, uh, to win the conference. No such thing as a bad road win in conference. But, uh, you know, you don't want to lose as <laughs> a 17-point dog here. Big, big escape for App State. Arkansas State, in a non-conference game, beats Massachusetts 52-28. you got to start watching the Red Wolves now. This kid, Jalen Rayner, 383 yards, six touchdowns in his second start at quarterback. All of a sudden, Arkansas State is a threat in the Sun Belt. I know it's only UMass, but putting up 52 points is a big deal for Arkansas State. Keep an eye on them. And finally, Texas State beat Southern Miss 50-36. to Aside from putting up 86 points in an easy over for me, thank you. ka That did not include a wild play where Texas State's quarterback, T.J. Finley, nearly sacked near the end zone. He flips the ball out to his male Mahdi. Mahdi escapes, and this is backed by his own goal line. Mahdi escapes, yes. and he's about to score down at the other end when the ball stripped from him in about a one and knocked out of bounds. It was inside the one. And so as you yeah. kind of you put it to me, I, I thought, okay, wild play, wow. But this play was in both end zones, and no points were scored. Don't think that's ever happened before. I'm trying to think of of of, of, a, of an example of that. Yeah, quarterback Finley had the ball in his own end zone at one point. The the, the play was I think it was at the the snap was at the four yard line. He's about to get wrapped up for a safety, escapes, and like I said, just just flips, just somehow flips it to 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 Mahdi for it might have been like a little two yard little underhand pitch. It was nothing. And then all the way the other way, knocked out at the one, and the ball goes out of the end zone down there for the touchback. How many times has that ever happened in football where the ball has bedded both end zones in the same play, but there were no points that were scored? I want to know what that is. It can't be many, if at all. Yeah, everything I found ended up with a score. Yeah, because there have been multiple times where the ball starts in one end zone and goes to the other end zone for a touchdown but to not score i'm not sure that's ever happened before yeah like you know like 100 yard you know you know 99 yard touchdown pass you take the snap drop back in one end zone out the other there's gotta well 
No, because again, you're talking about going the other way and scoring. And scoring. That's the yeah. Yeah, that it's the second part of that. That's the, that's the hard because you can think kickoff returns, ninety-nine yard bombs, interception returns in the end zone. You know all that stuff. How many times does the ball come out the other end and nobody scores? So yeah, I don't know. Uh, the closest I found, and I had texted that to you, was back in 2016. I believe it was Utah and Oregon. Utah guy had returned a kick, and it was almost 100 yards. But he returned the kick and dropped the ball at the one-yard line, celebrating too early. And the Oregon player smartly picked up the ball and returned it all the way back, but again, for a touchdown. So that was about 200 yards of movement, but a score at the other end. My God. Wild stuff. And, and so I, I don't remember what other play I saw, but I swear you only see things like this in college football. In high school, the, the, the players don't have the athleticism yet on each side to be able to do crazy things. In the NFL, the X's and O's, the, there's too much scheme, and the athletes are too close on the same page for weird things like this to happen. Only in college, there's this weird spot on, on, the, on the spectrum where those kinds of plays happen. And, and oh, I know, I know what play it was, and I believe we'll talk about it in a little while. Uh, are you talking about the Central Florida play? That's exactly what I'm yeah, talking about. Yes. That that was Johnny yeah. Manziel version 2.0. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk we'll about that. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get to the SEC first. Speaking of Johnny Manziel, let's talk about AM. Yes, there we go. Nice transition. They beat Arkansas 34-22 with their backup quarterback, Max Johnson. He throws for 210 yards, a couple of touchdowns. AM's looking really good. And yes, they will beat Alabama this week. I hope so, because Miami's got to win over A&M, and that just helps the, 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 the transitive property here keeping the SEC down. We really, for, for once, we need a weak SEC to, uh, to, to, to keep the, the top here opened up. So, go, go Aggies. Kentucky, on their way to their matchup mm. with Georgia, beats Florida 33-14. Ray Davis runs for 280 yards and three touchdowns, added another nine-yard TD catch. Man, this game wasn't even that close. Kentucky beat the dog shit out of Florida. They whooped that ass. But that game was over early. It never felt like Florida had a chance to get back into it. Davis had 200 yards. I don't even think we were five minutes into the second quarter. But by it the way, was, it was it, it was a quick knockdown. Yeah. By the way, one of Davis's touchdowns came with Florida having 13 players on the field. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not even close. Missouri beat Vanderbilt 38-21. Brady Cook, a career-high 395 yards and four touchdowns. Missouri hosting LSU this week. It's only Vanderbilt, but you took care of business. You got bigger things to fry this week. That could be an interesting contest. Tennessee 41, South Carolina 20. That drops South Carolina to 1-2 and two in the East. They're done. Tennessee, that was a must-win for them after having already lost a game in the conference. Okay, I, I'm throwing this out for, for a follow-up later, whether we follow up on it on, on our show on Wednesday or next week. I, just before we got, uh, got on here and started recording, I saw a story about uh, somebody, a player for Tennessee pressing charges against South Carolina for somebody stealing a toy chicken. 
I don't I've have all not the... heard about this. I don't have all the details. We will have the details later. Uh, we're going to call that just a just a little uh, cliffhanger for uh for, for down the road. We need to follow up on this. Teaser: Stolen toy chicken at five. Yes, absolutely. In the Big Twelve, West Virginia beats TCU twenty four twenty one. Garrett Green returns from injury to run for eighty yards and a couple of touchdowns. West Virginia now sneaky two and zero in conference. They're four and one overall, and if you look at their schedule. They can sneak into November with a chance to still get to the Big 12 title game. At Houston, October 12. Oklahoma State, October 21. At Central Florida, October 28. BYU, November 4th. Then finally, at Oklahoma, November 11. Yeah, I think the I think the cows will come home to to, to pasture when, when they've got to go to Oklahoma. But that next four-game stretch is manageable. I'm not sure West Virginia is any good no they're but not Neil any Brown, good no neil brown's coaching like his ass is on the line here which it is and uh and the mountaineers are playing for him so so good for neil brown good for the mountaineers that's a fun program to cheer for when they really get going hopefully they can keep some momentum going that's a big tie win on the road coming down to fort worth i know tcu's taking a big step back this year we know their limitations but again you do not apologize for road wins in conference uh, and West Virginia shouldn't. They got out of there with the win. Blocked the field goal to, to save the game late. Big time win for the Mountaineers. This is a classic case of the schedule being so out of whack because there's so many teams in the conference. Exactly. It's stupid, but it is what it is. All right. Talking about crazy plays. Here we are. Baylor escaped Central Florida 36-35. Actually upset Central Florida 36-35. But the crazy play was Central Florida faced with fourth and six on their own 30. Their own 30, mind you. <laughs> Quarterback Timmy McClain rolls from defenders all the way back to his own end zone before throwing to R.J. Harvey at about the 35. Harvey gets out to the 40 to save that drive. Central Florida then converted a second fourth down, set up a 58-yard field goal that could have won the game, but no, it fell short. Yeah, Boomer, after hitting the, the long field goal to, to to win at Boise a few years back, shanks this one. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's great. All of this happened because Baylor rallied from 28 points down with five minutes left in the third quarter to even make this a game. Baylor was getting their pants pulled down by UCF for the entirety of the first half, and somehow they just magically, miraculously come back and take the lead late. Absolute bonkers game in Orlando. At the bounce at the bounce house in Orlando. Yeah, that was really fun. I, I caught the maybe last four or five minutes of that. Uh, at that point, Georgia Auburn had ended. Kansas, Texas had ended. I think Boise and Memphis might have ended at that point as well, even though it started a half hour later. All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, Baylor came back. This is going to be entertaining. Over in the ACC... Uh, in midweek, Louisville survives North Carolina State 13-10. to And Clemson gets their first ACC win, 31-14 over Syracuse. That Louisville-North Carolina State game set football back several years. I, I think, I, I think uh, Disney is going to be forced to sell ESPN for because they aired the football <laughs> game. Unconfirmed rumors, just, just, just to make sure. That was garbage. Louisville... Again, they have they, they their schedule is trash in the ACC. 
trying to smoke and mirrors their way to the ACC title game here. Damn near screwed it up, losing to a bad uh, North Carolina State team. Louisville hangs on. Uh, Clemson, impressive bounce back. They could have they they could have been caught napping. They took care of business against Syracuse. It got got a little weird in the first half, but second half they uh, they took care of business. So it is what it is. Louisville again catching a great scheduling dynamic. They host Notre Dame. Grant not conference, but they host Notre Dame coming off that big win against Duke. In the Pac-12, Oregon State beats Utah 21-7. So our hope that either Oregon State or Washington State wins the Pac-12 is still alive. Still alive, absolutely. Did I see that Utah started Nick Johnson, benched him for Barnes, and then Barnes got tossed out of the game for a targeting penalty? And they had to put Johnson back in? Oh, wait a minute. I didn't hear that. No. Barn, I Barnes think that's what ha- I read that somewhere. How, how did, how I, did I don't know Barnes... if he was scrambling and put his. I don't know. Monkeys in the truck. Monkeys in the truck. Help our boy out here. Monkeys in the truck. Fill him in. No, okay. No, 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 no. Barnes didn't get thrown out of the game for targeting. He was knocked out of the game because oh. Oregon State. That was the. I, now I remember seeing the hit. The, the straight-up head, the head-on clip, it, it was a violent, violent hit as he threw the ball. And the Oregon State kid led with his helmet. Okay, that makes and, more and sense. He went to the hospital, so I, I don't know all the details. One more reason to get Cam Rising back in there. Yeah, he they can't get him back fast enough. Out in the Mountain West, you mentioned Air Force. They beat San Diego State 49-10. to uh, Those 49 points are the most points scored against the Aztecs since November 2016 when Colorado oh, wow. State put up 63 against them. Zach Lehrer, quarterback, threw for 189 yards and a couple of touchdowns. This is the Air Force quarterback we're talking about. Air Force. And ran for another 103 yards. Yeah, the Falcons are looking good. Falcons look legit. Absolutely. Before before we move on, this, this is this is coming from Knoxville here, from Richard West. He's a Heisman voter. This is his tweet from from uh, from Sunday morning. Last night after Tennessee's win, Javante Spragans had his stuffed toy chicken stolen by South Carolina defensive back Nick Emmanuori. This morning, Knoxville PD has filed charges on Emin Ward oh, for theft on. over for theft. Okay, no, let me finish reading this for theft over five hundred dollars. A warrant for his arrest has also been issued. There is a there's video that goes along with this. There was a showdown on the field after the game, and and the, and the South Carolina guy has the chicken in his hand. How can a stuffed chicken be worth $500? $500! I need all the... This is bonkers here. We're going to need to follow up on this. This is fantastic. Okay, you said there's video. Is there actually a... Is there video of the actual chicken? There... If they... Let's see. I'm I'm watching this now. I can't... There's something... Yeah, there, yeah there's video of the chicken. I can't tell if it's a I can't tell if it's a Gamecock mascot. Like I don't know. But how, the ta- how, how the tennis- big is it? Is it like a what? It's got to be a no, it, no. It's, 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 it's the size chicken. of a bowling ball. So it's like a chicken-sized chicken. It's a chicken-sized chicken. 
<laughs> I love college football. This is why this is why we tune into this stuff every single week. You only in college football. Do you see this kind of stuff? Well, I think we this know is, what the title of this episode is. We're retweeting this out. We're retweeting <laughs> this out onto uh onto the 6th year seniors Twitter feed. Go find it. Stolen stuff. And I assume because it's over $500, this is probably a felony. It does not specify in the tweet. It just says filed charges for theft. Dear God. <laughs> My God. Uh, only here on 60 Year Seniors will you hear about stolen stuffed chickens. Good grief. Speaking of Gamecocks, however, there's a seg for you right there. Hey, that's a great transition. Jacksonville State rallies and puts away Sam Houston State double overtime. I can't believe that game had as many touchdowns as it did. I feel ripped off. Actually, thankfully, it was only one overtime, which is why they kicked the extra point and covered a six-and-a-half-point spread. Ah, there you go. I read it wrong. Gotcha. But, yeah, Sam Houston State, who'd scored 10 points in the last three games, puts up 28 against Jacksonville State, screws your under, and by oh, God, instantly. By God, I can't believe that I caught the winner on Jacksonville State minus six and a half. There was like only one combination of things that could happen, and they all happened. Yeah. And they all happened, yeah. I think Sam did Sam Houston score touchdowns on their first three possessions? I don't know if it's the first three. I know it's the first two. By the time I got back over to the water bar, uh Sam Houston was up twenty one seven and had the ball. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? The funniest piece of this was before overtime happened, you know, they go out and they flip the coin and the referee explains you. The referee could barely explain the overtime rules. He's stumbling over himself like, what? This is just too stupid. This can't be right. And then, and then he couldn't even flip the coin correctly. He couldn't flip the coin. He threw it up and it was flat. It went flat the whole way. He said, no, 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 the coin didn't flip. We got to refoil it. My God. Other Conference USA notes, Western Kentucky beats Middle Tennessee State 31-10. to Good win for Western as they start conference play after a slow non-conference start. Yeah, toppers need a little, uh, needed something to pick them up. They got it there. Louisiana Tech, I mentioned this on the Wednesday show as to why I didn't bet them as a one-point favorite. They win on the road for the first time in 16 games. Oh, 24 wow. to 10 against UTEP. The last time they won a road game was December 3rd, 2020 at North Texas. Few other notes in the American South Florida, 44 Navy 30. We mentioned Byron Brown. He had another masterful game for South Florida, 338 yards, three touchdowns. Once again, here's a team that might be able to make some noise in the American simply because they have a great schedule. Good point. They don't have to play SMU or Tulane. They don't play Memphis until November 4th. Good grief. In the MAC, Toledo beats Northern Illinois 35-33. Wasn't quite as close as the score indicates. Rocky Lombardi threw a couple of touchdown passes late in the fourth quarter to make it close for Northern Illinois. But uh, that definitely gives Toledo a huge edge now in the MAC. Which we kind of figured was going to happen, but, you know, whatever. And by the way, we haven't talked about the worst teams in college football lately, but according to the Sagarin ratings, 
Massachusetts is a good 4.7 point favorite or better than, worse than, Kent State Mm. for the title of worst team in the FBS. Good grief. After that, it gets pretty close. There's like eight teams within about three points of each other. Sam Houston, Florida International, Akron, UTEP, Southern Miss, surprisingly down that far. Southern Miss has been bad. Yeah. Uh, Connecticut, New Mexico, Hawaii, all between 51 and 54. But it looks like it's going to be UMass and Kent State battling it out for the worst team in the FBS. Nevada's not on that list? They are not. They are not. They might be like about 11 or 12. Actually, let me see here. New Mexico State, Temple, Louisiana, Monroe, Ball State, Arkansas State, Charlotte. There's Nevada. They're about 17th. Okay, let's let's keep rolling. See 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 if we get the pack up in the up in the mix there. They are directly behind Weber State. Jeez. Let's take a look at games coming up this week. We've already talked about the big ones, but let's give you the full schedule. It starts on Wednesday, and in fact, I think next week there's a Tuesday game. There there are three Tuesday games the week after that. Good. Is it? Is that what it is? Yeah. On Wednesday. And one of them's actually pretty good. <laughs> oh, wow. On Wednesday, 5 p.m. Vegas time, Jacksonville State at Middle Tennessee. That's on ESPNU. At 6 p.m., it's two of the teams in the bottom 10, Florida mm. International at New Mexico State on CBS Sports. So, so CBS Sports gets to eat the FCC by, uh, fine this week. Okay. On Thursday, 4 p.m., Sam Houston at Liberty on CBS Sports. At 5, Western Kentucky at Louisiana Tech on the U. So, Conference USA getting their fill of midweek action. Yeah. If you are bored of watching the uh, the MLB wildcard games, you got some football to watch. Yeah, you can tell that there's baseball playoffs here because this football schedule is pretty short. Yeah. On Friday, 4.30 on ESPN, Kansas State at Oklahoma State, and then at 5, dear God, here's another FCC fine. On Fox Sports 1, Nebraska at Illinois. Oh, God. <laughs> God, that's horrible. In fact, what is the uh, the total is 38 and a half on that. Mm, good Lord. And then we get to Saturday, 9 a.m., Oklahoma, Texas, Red River Shootout on ABC. Big time game. It would really be fun to watch Oklahoma win that game. That that then throws the transitive property all over the place because then you got Oklahoma, who's beaten Texas, who beat Alabama. That's very very good point. At the same, this is a game where we've seen. I I, I can't bet that game. I, I I can never get a handle on it. But the underdog has won this game more than more than a few times. It's it's always good. At the same time, LSU at Missouri. Right now, LSU is a seven-point favorite. If it stays a full touchdown, I may take Missouri. Mm. Interesting game on the ACC network, Boston College at Army. If Army's going to make a bowl game, they need to win this one. It's Boston College. God, I hope they can. At noon, Washington State at UCLA. Good battle of the bottom of the good teams of the Pac-12. It is on the Pac-12 network. Let me back up real fast. Did you just skim over the, the Maryland at Ohio State game? Do you think Maryland's got no shot at that? No. No, Maryland is highly overrated, and I figure Ohio State's going to blow them out. 
this okay. is this is the classic game where Talia Tagavu shows that he's an average quarterback at best and throws about three interceptions and under 200 yards passing. Okay. I, I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but Maryland is 5-0, and but they do have to go on the road there. That's a tough They're spot. They're an 18-point dog in that game. Ohio State's going to crush it. It's not going to be close. By the way, also a 12 on the Big Ten Network, Howard at Northwestern. Oh, here we go, baby. Hey, Northwestern, we didn't talk about that. Northwestern took Penn State to halftime tied. And it was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Penn State blew them out in the second half. It wasn't even close. But that first half, Penn State looked like garbage and Northwestern was like mucking it up. We'll see if Northwestern can can bounce back and, uh, and, and, and do something with Howard. At 12.30, it's Bama at Texas A&M on CBS. Last time Bama went to A&M, A&M walked them off. And I said last year that Bama circled the calendar, A&M's coming to Tuscaloosa, and Bama's going to kick the shit out of them. And it didn't happen. That game came down to a fourth down stop at the goal line, if I remember correctly. Uh, And Alabama held on by the skin of their teeth. A&M would love to get another shot at Bama. They got it this Saturday. Right now, Alabama is a three-point favorite on the road. Oh, man, that's juicy. Big game in the ACC, Syracuse at North Carolina on ESPN. We'll see if Carolina's ready to start their some team tendencies coming off the bye week. Syracuse haven't you know, just gotten pushed all around their home field. Now they got to go on the road. Tough spot for the Orange, I think. But it's Carolina football, so stupid stuff will happen. Entertaining game at 1 p.m. South Florida at UAB on ESPN2. Total is 66. That may not be enough. Mm, Yeah, maybe not. We'll see. As mentioned earlier at 3.30, Colorado at Arizona State on the Pac-12 network. So everybody, 1-800-PAC-12-NOW to get your Pac-12 network for the last, (laughs) you know, two months of the Pac-12 existence. Thank you, Larry Scott. We're not dead yet. At 4 p.m., Kentucky at Georgia on ESPN. We'll see if Georgia shows up. Like I said, they've been a lot of playing with their food this year for the Bulldogs. They better come to play. Kentucky's good enough to knock them off if they don't. At 4.30 on ABC, Notre Dame at Louisville on the SEC network, Arkansas at Ole Miss. And if you really think that Minnesota has a chance against Michigan, they are on NBC. All right, so here's my question. Who wins by more points this week, Ohio State or Michigan? Oh, Ohio State. Okay. Maryland's that bad. Wow. Okay. Just dogpile, which I'm fine with. Uh, Fuck Maryland. Okay. Should never let, never left the ACC. Vegas says I'm wrong. Michigan is a 19 and a half point favorite on the road. Okay. Which is about the line that we said at the beginning of the year would be the line for the Big Ten title game. The Big Ten championship game. <laughs> at 5 p.m., Fresno at Wyoming on Fox. We're going to find out how good Fresno is. Wyoming's a tough place to play, and Wyoming is a nasty, nasty team. I'm still in this out here. 
That game's on Fox proper, yes. not Fox Sports 1. They're putting the Mountain West out there on prime time on Fox. I love it. That's fantastic. Wyoming, hell of a tough place to go play. Fresno State, I've been high on so far this year. This is a tough spot for the Bulldogs. That should be a really good game. Are, is Fox putting that game on because the first round of the of the division series is on FS1 or something? Oh, so is this the uh, the the, play, the sacrificial playoff game? It's not, not yet. I think that comes the following week. We don't have Kansas or I don't know who it'll be this year. Maybe it's Oklahoma State this it'll year. It'll probably be no, Iowa. It's T- <laughs> I mean, they might throw the Big Ten. It might be Iowa. I'll be curious to see how the TV falls for the following weekend because th- then we start getting into the, uh, the the wild card sacrifice game. And then the late night get back games, again, slim. At 7, it's Oregon State at Cal on the Pac-12 Network. At 7.30, it's Arizona at USC on ESPN. What is the total on that Arizona-USC game? How about 72 and a half? Wow. In fact, that's almost, point that's almost identical to the Colorado game. It is USC minus 21 and a half, total 72 and a half. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. I really think... I. To get their sixth win, Colorado's going to have to beat Arizona. I think they have Arizona at home, but that would be a really interesting game because I think Colorado is going to regress as the season goes along. Arizona's only going to get better. We shall see. So that's it. That is next week's card. We are going to come back on Wednesday and put some bets on that week's card. Hopefully give you some guarantee. Not hopefully. What am I saying? We will give you guaranteed winners. Or the rest of the season's free. <laughs> so, for Colonel Sanders, Rooster, Bradley Bradshaw, and <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn, that's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We will be back Wednesday in some form or fashion to make some plays, to make some picks, to make some money. We'll do it all right here on 60 Seniors.